Welcome to the podcast that showcases the rural town careers and opportunities you need to know about. Welcome to What's Your 9 to 5. So welcome back everybody. I'm Karis. And I'm Georgia. And today we have Dr. Thompson from the Hanover Veterinary Hospital. So what does a day in the life of a vet look like? Yeah, so it, the day in the life of a vet can vary a little bit depending on what kind of practice you uh, you work in or even if you work in a, a primary practice like ours at all. Um, but I'll talk about what my day looks like um, and, uh, and we can talk a little bit more about some of the other um, things that, that you can do in the vet world too that can change that as well. Um, but for my day, um, typically we're a regular somewhat eight to five type shift um, when you're not on call because we do still do our own on-call in this area unlike places in the city um so and in the small animal clinic um of course all of our patients are coming to us um for things like surgeries and uh, appointments and dental procedures and things like that um or of course the emergency oops, the emergencies as well um and then but for large animal we're oftentimes going to them um and even for things like surgeries as well as of course a regular um preventative health care visits and, and dental procedures on the horses and that sort of stuff. Um, but we do still bring some of our large animal patients in to see us as well for certain procedures, especially more intensive things like surgeries. Um, and uh, yeah, and then you have your on-call nights where sometimes you get to stay in bed and sometimes you uh, are at the clinic for a fair amount of the evening or the weekend um, working up sick sick patients and doing those sorts of surgeries and stuff too. So it, uh, it can vary a lot day to day, which is, a, a nice thing about the job, but um, but you also uh, sometimes the days don't go as you planned them either, which you have to accept as well. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with the difficult or upsetting moments of the job? Yeah. So of course, with these sorts of professions, there's um, there's lots of of enjoyable and fun situations and and cases to to be involved in, and then there's some more challenging ones. Um, I think that is the nice thing about our profession is that we work as a team um, with other veterinarians and with support staff, like our registered veterinary technicians. Um, and that I think helps us a lot in um, those tougher situations where we have um, colleagues as well as of course our clients to uh, to lean on and share those difficult emotions and challenges when you have a case that doesn't go as well as you'd hoped or you just have a, a poor diagnosis to have to pass along to a, a patient that you hoped had something less uh, you know, with less grave prognosis. So yeah, I think, uh, and, and also too, I mean, I think it's having hobbies and, and things outside of work and family to help to, uh, um, you know, refocus and, and help to, uh, to kind of fill the cup back up when you have those more challenging, challenging uh, situations that come up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you love about your job? Yeah, so of course, as most of us will probably say, um, we we love helping people and they and their and their animals to um, to get them healthy again if they come to us sick or help to keep them healthy if they come to us for routine things. Um, I think a big part of it for many of us, including myself too, are is the the relationships that we build with so many people in the community. Um, and you know, I, I grew up in a small in small town and I'm just in Kincardine a little bit. Uh, 
west of Hanover and uh, still really enjoy that um, that feeling and just getting to know uh, many people in the community and having those connections with them and their their pets and their farms and, and um, businesses as well, which is a, a really fun part of mixed animal practice, like what I do seeing large and small animal because it's uh, you're involved in a lot of different ways in the community, which is really, really fun. Now, this kind of leads back to the hard moments or upsetting moments of the job, but what are some other challenges of being a vet? Yeah, so other challenges, I would say, um, I think many of us will likely comment on work-life balance or or the challenge of, um, of um, you know, weighing out and, and making sure that each of those needs um, in work and in our home life get the attention they need at, at the certain moments. Um, I think that, uh, especially with on-call shifts and that sort of stuff, that's something that our profession in general, including our own clinic, is continuing to always work on to find the best uh, way to manage that to make sure that everybody gets some um, you know some some opportunity to to uh kick back and relax and do the things that they enjoy and and be with family and those sorts of things to help to balance that out and i think that that's a big part because it is a quite emotionally draining job um, in it can be very rewarding as well because of the investment that you you know that you have emotionally in into your your practice and your clients and your patients um, but you also have to take some time to to again to recharge that and um, so I think that's a one of probably one of the biggest challenges we have um, on the large animal side um, especially too again it's a, it can be a pretty physical job um, and so um, I think keeping up on your physical strength and, and health is really important part of that, especially in large animal, um, because you can injure yourself and even in small animal too. But again, you know, I think you have to be very aware of that and, uh, and keep that up. And so that can be a challenge of, I think, of the job as well sometimes. Yeah. Um, what steps did you take to get to your position like schooling and, and college and university? Mm -hmm. So I knew from a pretty young age that I was pretty interested in looking at veterinary, the veterinary profession as a, as a career path. Um, so as a, as a high school student, I co-opt with a local practice um, and worked at a local practice um, as a kennel student um, and spent days um, kind of shadowing the large animal vets and stuff a little bit as well, because I grew up on a farm. So I kind of had some interest on that side too. Um, and then into post-secondary education, I did a bachelor of science degree and um, that I did at Guelph, but it doesn't have to be at, at Guelph specifically to then come back to Guelph for vet school. Can be honestly at, at any, um, any university for bachelor of science in, in the biologies. Um, so I minored in, uh, or sorry, I majored in um, yeah, bachelor of science in animal biology. Um, I did two years of that at that point. I, you could apply after two years. Now they have changed those requirements that you need to do three to four years of a bachelor's degree, and then you can apply to vet school. Um, vet school is a four-year program, so it's, uh, it is a little bit of, of time in, in school and doing uh, some, some pretty intensive um, uh, studies, but um, but it does lead to some really great opportunities down the road. So um, so yeah, so I'd say you plan basically for seven to eight years of post secondary education for um, for this sort of um, career path now. Um, and uh, but I think it is a, a quite rewarding one. And of course, through those summers between um, 
your semesters, there's lots of great opportunities to get involved with different research facilities and that sort of stuff uh, or practices and, and, you know, primary practice and that sort of stuff too, and government jobs as well, um, which can give you a ton of really great experience in the, in the general profession as well. And kind of what's, what you can get into as a career later on. Um, so if you could talk to your 16 year old self, what would you say? Yeah, I think the two, I, I have two things that I for sure wish that I had have listened to people more that they told me when I was younger. Um, one is just ask the question. It doesn't matter if it makes, if you feel silly asking it, or you think it might not be a good question, just ask it. Because again, more than likely, there's at least two other people that want to know that answer too, and are still are also not asking the question. Um, and the second would be just take the opportunities that arise um, because it's amazing how many places they can lead you, even if they're not one that you initially think is, is a really, um, you know, is aligning with your goals and where you want to go down the road. It's amazing, um, you know, how small uh, a world it really is in the community, um, especially around the, the veterinary profession is a pretty small one. So even, even a, a, you know, an opportunity that doesn't, again, totally align with where you think you're going can connect you with a bunch of other people that might either change your goal or, or may still, again, get you in it, more in the, the direction that you're wanting to head anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the, the same thing, like asking your 16 year old self, but what advice would you give to someone who wants to become a yeah, so advice to to someone who's interested in looking at the the veterinary career path, I would say, is um, is you know spend time with lots of different practices, and you know, and and not even within just primary practice, there are so many opportunities within the veterinary profession. And you can work with government, you can work with, of course, primary practice, there's referral practices in the cities. Um, there's, you know, with the pharmaceutical companies or in research, there are so many opportunities, public health as well on the, the human to animal side. There's so much opportunity for, for the veterinary, what you can do with veterinary degree. Um, so, and I would say that's something that especially, I think as a as a younger person, um, I didn't even really realize I kind of had seen seen vets in a few different roles and, and thought that that's kind of what I was interested in where I went. And, and, uh, and it's not to say there's anything wrong with that job either, but there are definitely lots of opportunities there. So um, I think, uh, yeah, just getting, getting, out, you know, getting opportunities to chat with different people in different parts of, of uh, the profession and, and kind of what they do, um, I think is a great thing for young people to get to know more about. Um, because again, there's, there's so many different places you can take go with this, uh, with that sort of degree. Yeah. Um, if you weren't a vet, would you still be in the medical field? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think I honestly would probably be, be ha, have been pulled more in the agricultural direction for myself because I do have some interest that way, um, kind of outside of the veterinary world. Um, but um, but the medical profession itself is uh, is a really interesting one. And, and again, there are so many similarities in, um, you know, the the basic um pathology and changes in, in, you know, infectious disease and all those sorts of things that, um, that transfer between humans and, and animals and even types of cancers and stuff that are really similar. So, um, you know, so I think there is definitely uh, a lot of crossover there that it could, could have led me in the human direction, human medical field direction, but I think probably agriculture would have won out for, for me as, uh, as kind of an alternate uh, option that way. 
Um, do you have a favorite animal to work with? Yeah, so as a mixed animal practitioner, I really do enjoy working with all the domestic species of so the dog, cat, horse, cow, and some small ruminants here and there. Um, but I think probably the horses went out as my favorite. Um, I think partly because they're they they make you work for it and kind of building building you really do have to build a relationship with them um, or a rapport with them to um, to work with them and and if you don't listen to the cues they give you they they'll let you know <laughs> and they will make your job harder um, so I think I find that a, a a fun challenge with them and I've always had horses as well so I always just enjoyed working with them anyway but um, and I think too what you you do develop a really deep relationship with the owners and the horses too, because you see them often typically. Um, so I think um, with those two things, both the horse itself um, being a complicated species to, to work on medically, as well as to, to work on in general, um, I think it does, uh, it, gives, it gives some challenges, which are, are fun and I enjoy. Um, do you have any memories that make you think like, this is why I am a vet, this is why I chose to do this job? Yeah, so when I saw that question, one one came to mind immediately over the actually it was just over the last year that this happened. Um, we had a, a young dog, he was only about a year old, um, present on uh, emergency. He had been hit by a car. Um, Oh no. And he had collapsed his lung. So he could actually both of his lungs. So he was struggling to, to breathe when he got to, to the clinic was otherwise still stable, thankfully, but was struggling to breathe. Um, and, uh, so we had to actually, um, quickly stabilize him, get his catheter in and those sorts of things. And then we had to put a chest tube into his, um, into his, like into his chest cavity, um, to relieve that pressure and allow him to breathe again. Um, so it's kind of like in, you know, the Grey's Anatomies and those sorts of medical shows of where they put the pen, you know, or the, or the uh, tube right into the chest. And all of a sudden the person takes that big breath. And, and he was really one of those within about, you know, a minute of putting that tube in, he was breathing almost normally and walked out of the clinic again, about half an hour later with his tube in. Um, so it was a pretty, um, it was an intense experience because that was the first one of those cases I had ever had. Um, but uh, but it was a pretty um, pretty impressive and exciting um, process to see him come back that quickly and do so well afterwards because he did recover pretty uneventfully after that. And so that was uh, a pretty rewarding uh, case to to again yeah remind you why 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 you're there and and that emergency medicine can be uh, such a rewarding experience too yeah. That's amazing. His, his family was very happy to take him home. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any tips for caring for animals at home? Like things that people don't often think about? Yeah. So um, I think uh, coming into Christmas, there was a couple that popped into my mind as well that are always good public service announcements. Um, cats really like to play with tinsel and then they decide to eat it and it doesn't always turn out well for kitties when they do that. So don't let your cats play with tinsel was one of them. Um, and, uh, and probably the same on the dog side of they like to eat things they shouldn't like chocolate and, um, you know, pointy 
hangers for, uh, you know, um, uh, ornaments and all those things they shouldn't. Um, so I think, you know, keeping, keeping those things in mind or the really fatty meals that are, you know, ends off the ham and those sorts of things that, um, that dogs think are really yummy. And then they pay for it a few days later when their tummy's pretty unhappy. Um, so I would say just keeping in mind that many of those, uh, things, even that we do enjoy, like, um, corn on the cob in the summer, don't give those cobs to the dog, um, you know, so, and uh, the, the chicken bones and all those things that um, they do really enjoy, but their belly doesn't enjoy it so much later when they have to come see us. So I would say that's, those are important ones to remember that I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about. Um, and uh, the other thing I wanted to mention too, is just um, really, um, prioritizing how important it is to keep pets in a healthy weight and keeping them active. Um, like, uh, like, like many of us, we have to fight, fight to keep it a healthy weight and it's really easy, unfortunately, especially for the smaller dogs and cats, but for our larger dogs too, um, to put on some extra weight. Um, and it does add up over time and really does shorten the lifespans of pets. So I think, um, keeping them active and keeping them in a healthy weight are so critical to, to giving them a good, healthy, long life. Um, so that's uh, just something else that I think is really important to, to keep in mind. Yeah. So to finish off the interview, we're going to play a quick game of rapid fire, which is basically, okay. if you don't know, I ask you the question and you respond as fast as possible. Um, I'll so do my best. <laughs> um, to start off, do you have any pets of your own? I do. I have a horse and a dog. Oh. Um, what is your favorite animal? Uh, horses get to win out on that one. Do you have a favorite animal themed movie? Ooh, um, I would say right now, uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins is a popular one in our household. We yeah. have some young children, so <laughs> we'll pick that one for today. Um, who's somebody you look up to? Oh, who's someone I look up to? Uh, one, a mentor that I have from, uh, from a few years ago as a vet student. Um, her name's Dr. Kelly Barrett from Listowel. Um, so she's not too far away and is still practicing in that area. Um, really uh, gave some really good mentorship to myself and many other, um, especially female vet students um, on kind of how to, uh, you know, how to, how to trust yourself and have confidence that you can, can do things even if others might tell you that you, that you should do something else or, or that you shouldn't do it. So I think she, uh, she paved the road for many of us to, um, you know, to, to jump into some of those, um, positions that, that were before filled with oftentimes male veterinarians and, um, and kind of had more pressure for, uh, for female veterinarians to jump into that, um, I think motivated many of us to, to be confident and, 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 you know, go for those goals. So I think she's, she's still an, an important mentor of mine, I would say. And what do you think is the biggest global issue regarding animals and what can we do about it? Honestly, in domestic species, I think probably one of our most um, challenging situations right now is uh, is weight management and dental health and being aware of how important those two things are for our domestic dogs and cats. Um, and I would say in the grand for, for the large animal or more production animal medicine, I think it's helping... Um, 
helping educate the general population and public because I think there is so many less people um, that are involved directly with agriculture and understanding, um, you know, the reasons why animals are, are you know, housed and, and managed the way they are and, and those sorts of husbandry tactics that, that um, don't easily kind of, you know, seem like the 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 most simple or the best way to to manage it, but that there are reasons behind why some of those things are for for animal safety or human safety or reducing disease spread and all those sorts of things. Um, so I think you know continuing to educate the public on on agriculture awareness and and um, food safety and food supplies and all those sorts of things I think is a is a bigger scale concern that we continue to um, need to continue talking about and and uh, helping people understand and get knowledgeable about as well. Yeah. Um, well, that's all the questions we have for you today. Um, it was really nice meeting you and learning about um, what it is to what it is like to be a vet. Um, and we'll see you guys next week on What's Your Name Great. Thanks so much, guys. It was fun.